Thank you, David, so much for leading us in that time of singing and praise. And everyone, it is time for us now to get into our study of God's Word. As you know, if you've been joining us regularly on Sunday mornings, we are currently going through the book of Exodus, and it's just an amazing and fascinating journey through the law codes of Moses and Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. But since today is Valentine's Day, or as many also like to refer to it as Single Awareness Day, I thought I'd take the opportunity to teach from a different portion of Scripture briefly this morning. And so if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to a book that many of you may not even know exists, and it is the book The Song of Songs. It may also be known in your Bible as the Song of Solomon. And what I want to do this morning is I just want to read three verses from chapter 8. So we're going to look at Song of Songs or Song of Solomon, can be referred to as either. We're going to read Song of Songs, chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. So Song of Songs, chapter 8 verses 5 through 7. For those of you familiar with this book, uh, your children don't have to leave the room. I'm not going to be reading from some of the uh, more interesting portions. I just want to give you all a little flavor of what is to be found in this book of the Bible. So let's go ahead and read this together. We'll pray and we'll get into our message this morning. Song of Solomon, chapter 8, verses 5 through 7. This is God's word. Who is this coming up from the wilderness, leaning on her beloved? I awakened you under the apple tree. There your mother brought you forth. There she who bore you brought you forth. Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. For love is as strong as death, jealousy as cruel as the grave. Its flames are flames of fire, a most vehement flame. Many waters cannot quench love, nor can the floods drown in it. If a man would give for love all the wealth of his house, it would be utterly despised. This is God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to hear a word from you, Lord. We know that we are surrounded by so many things in our culture, so many ideas, so many concepts, and providing interpretation about human life that many times excludes you and your redemption through Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, as we find ourselves in the midst of this cultural holiday that we call Valentine's Day, Lord, we pray that you would use it as an opportunity to reveal yourself to your people. And so we would just ask for a blessing over this time of teaching today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, many people in America are beginning to doubt the existence of God. According to Pew Research, the number of atheists has steadily increased, though the numbers are relatively small of those who self-identify as atheists. Nevertheless, the numbers have gone up significantly. Uh, only a few years ago, it was about 2 or 3% of the United States population, and now they're saying 5 to 6% self-identify. So that's an increase of 1 to 200%. 
But if you ask a little bit of a broader question, you don't ask, do you self-identify as an atheist? But rather, you ask, do you believe in God? And when the Pew Research Company did that, they actually received a 20% response that said they don't believe in God. And even for many of those who, in a poll, will say they believe in God, yet nevertheless, they functionally live as though he doesn't exist. And so, what does all this have to do with Valentine's Day? Simply this. That while more and more people in our culture today are doubting the existence of God, no one would doubt the existence of love. As a matter of fact, this Valentine's Day season, estimates are that Americans will spend $21.8 billion on Valentine's Day gifts. That's the third largest consumer holiday of the entire year. We also know that love, and particularly this romantic love, or eros, has been dominant throughout the history of the world, including the history of literature. From as far back as Homer's Iliad with the story of Paris and Helen of Troy to Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet, the existence of eros, or romantic love, has absolutely permeated all of human history. And as a matter of fact, it is fascinating that online dating websites report that traffic on their websites increases 33% in the two weeks from February 1st to February 14th. Romantic love and love in the world is alive and well, and everyone knows that it exists. But what does all of this have to do with God. The Bible teaches that God created human beings. Genesis 1 and 2. The Bible also teaches that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. James 1.17. The Bible teaches that God not only gives good things to good people, but he even gives good things to evil people. Matthew 5.45 says that God sends rain even on the just and on the unjust. And so the fact is that God is ultimately the creator of this gift that we humans refer to as love. In fact, Acts 17 says God has set up the world in such a way that people would seek for God and that they might reach out to touch him. And the existence and presence of human love is a part of God's general witness in the world that he exists. In other words, love is a part of the proof or evidence that God truly exists. But what does that have to do specifically with Valentine's Day? Well, the Bible also teaches that not only did God create love in a general sense, but he created romantic love, or what we might refer to as eros. In fact, there's an entire book of the Bible dedicated to the specific sort of love, eros, that is being celebrated today on Valentine's Day. 
And that is the book that we read from this morning, the Song of Songs or the Song of Solomon. And we see that it is here in the context of the goodness of God that eros or romantic love is redeemed and points back to God, our creator. But how does eros or romantic love point us back to God? And let me suggest that romantic love or eros points back to God in at least three ways. Number one, romantic love or eros shows us that there is such a kind of love that is given to one person and one person alone. In other words, eros is the love of exclusivity. There is a kind of love that is reserved for one. And this is a unique version of love because while parents may speak of love for their children, that is not a love that is exclusive. A parent does not only love one of their children, a parent may love all of their children. And most parents would say they love their many children or several children equally. Also, a person may genuinely love a friend, but they can also love many friends. But eros or romantic love is a kind of love in the world that God has left us because it uniquely teaches us to love one and to be beloved by one only. It teaches us that love is exclusive. Secondly, eros or romantic love teaches us that we would rather ultimately desire the beloved for his or her own sake, not just for what they can give us. In other words, eros or romantic love at its best teaches us to not just love what people can do for us, but to love the person for their own sake. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian writer in his book, The Four Loves, had this to say. He said, quote, Even when it becomes clear beyond all evasion that marriage with the beloved cannot possibly lead to happiness, when it cannot even profess to offer any other life than that of tending an incurable invalid or hopeless poverty or of exile or of disgrace, yet Eros never hesitates to say, better this than parting. Better to be miserable with her than happy without her. Let our hearts break, provided they break together. And so this eros, this romantic love that God has left in the world, teaches us to desire the beloved for his or her own sake, not merely for what they can give us. And lastly, eros or romantic love is uniquely characterized by the making of promises. When a man truly loves a woman, he wants to make promises to her. He wants to say to her, baby, I will climb the highest mountain for you. I will go to the farthest reaches of the earth in order to bring back happiness for you. I promise to be with you in sickness and in health for richer or poor, for death do us part. That is the very nature of Eros is to make promises. And God has left this kind of love in the world because he's intending it to point to him. God wants human beings to know that in our relationship to him, we are to be exclusive. 
God told Israel at Sinai, you are to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You shall have no other gods before me. When we look at the fact that eros or romantic love teaches us to desire the beloved for his and her own sake, we picture Jesus on the cross dying for sinners saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Or as the Apostle Paul would say, Christ demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. In other words, Jesus didn't die for us because of something we could give him back, but rather simply because he chose to love us. He loved us for our own sake. As a matter of fact, this is what God told Israel in the Old Testament when Israel wants to know, well, why have you chosen us, God? Is it because we were the best, the brightest, the biggest, the smartest? And God says, I loved you because I loved you. Not what you could do for me, but simply what I could do for you. And just as we said that eros or romantic love is characterized by the making of promises, we have the promise of God in Christ. We see Jesus in the upper room at the Last Supper saying, This is my body, which is broken for you. This cup is the blood of the covenant, which is shed for you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You see, friends, in this human gift that we call eros, or romantic love, that so many around the world, including people who don't even believe in God, yet they celebrate and even worship the gifts that he gives them apart from him. But to those of us whom the Spirit is drawing, we are able to see in these loves evidence for God and signs that points towards the covenant in Christ. And yet we must also point out that as good as this is, as good as earthly loves can be, they all nevertheless fail insofar as they rightly point to God, yet they also fail to point to God in some of these precise same ways. And so friends, I think as great as human love can be, yet the very fact that they are human, finite, fallible, and sinful, they cause us to look to God and also to desire more than what we see in this world. For number one, because of sin, eros or romantic love often fails to maintain exclusivity. Men and women who should belong solely to one another often violate this principle. As a matter of fact, if there is no God and the animal kingdom is simply our guide to human relationships, well, then polygamy would be the law of the jungle. As a matter of fact, if you study human history, you'll see that polygamy was the most widely practiced form of marriage in the entire world. Monogamy is actually a minority report. We see some evidence of it in the animal world with the lovebirds, but if you look out in the rest of the animal kingdom, polygamy is the law of the jungle. Human nature is to violate this principle of exclusivity. And so I think insofar as the best of eros or romantic love can cause us to look to God and give thanks, 
And yet the brokenness and the sinfulness and the fallenness and the inability of man with regard to this very same love of Eros or romantic love causes us to long for a love that is better than what we can find in this world. Secondly, because of sin, people begin to love the feeling of being in love more than the beloved themselves. In other words, we've seen it time and again where somebody will make a vow of faithfulness on their wedding day, but what they really loved was not that person, but the feeling that that person brought them. And then we've all heard stories, perhaps they've been in ourselves or they've happened to us of a person who says, I don't feel in love anymore. I'm going somewhere else. What they are revealing in that moment is they did not love for love's sake. They did not truly love the beloved for richer or poorer, but rather they loved the feeling. They loved the secondary effects of the beloved. And if they can no longer find those feelings or effects in the beloved, they will leave and go someplace else. Thirdly, because of sin, people often make promises only to break them later. Friends, as our hearts get broken in this world, and I know chances are many of us, perhaps all of us, at least at one time in our lives, perhaps for some of us on Valentine's Day, it is so fresh that it is difficult to overcome. For some of us, perhaps we've moved far past that, but if we were to stop and recall, we could remember a time, a long time ago, in which our hearts were just absolutely smashed to pieces by eros or romantic love. And we are ultimately reminded that promises in this world by human beings are often broken. And that makes us long for a God, a covenant-keeping God, a God who is loving kindness, who is steadfast, who always keeps his promises. And so, friends, I think we can see that this thing that everyone around us is celebrating, that we are either gleefully, joyfully celebrating ourselves or we're reluctantly just trying to make it through the day. Friends, I want you to grab a hold of this moment and see these two things. That in and through this thing that the world is celebrating, they've been left without excuse. There is a God. He is love. And he is the source of love. He is the giver of this particular kind of love, eros or romantic love. That at its best, eros or romantic love points us to God. It can teach us something about the things and truth of God. But if we look at it carefully, and as we go through life, and we go through life with others, we also see that arrows can devastate people's lives. And I think whether good or bad friends, and maybe you're in one or the other this morning, or maybe perhaps you've been through both, through both things, God is pointing us to himself. So as our culture celebrates one of God's many gifts today, the gift of eros or romantic love, let us be reminded of the love that is greater than and indeed is the source of all human loves. That is God. And how only through Jesus Christ, him and only him, is the human desire for that true and perfect and everlasting love ever truly experienced. As the Song of Songs says, it is so true in Christ. I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Let us pray.
Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning and we just thank you so much for the gift of love that you've put into this world. Lord, we're thankful for the many kinds of love. We're thankful for storge. We're thankful for family love. Lord, we're thankful for phileo. We're thankful for the love of friendship. Lord, we're thankful for eros, for romantic love. But chiefly and above all things, all human loves this morning, we are thankful for agape. For agape is the love of God. It is the source of all human loves. All human loves proceed from you and find their fulfillment in you. So Lord, even if we as your children, believers, my brothers and sisters, if we have been clinging too much to the loves of this world, whether they are fulfilling us at this moment and, and bringing us joy and satisfaction, but they are also causing us to forget about you. We are seizing onto the goodness of your gifts and we are forgetting the giver of the gift. Lord, help us by faith this morning to look to you, to love you more than the gifts that you give, to not make an idol out of the gifts you've given us in life. For the Lord gives and the Lord taketh away, but we are with Job to say, blessed be the name of the Lord. For those of us this morning, my brothers and sisters, who might be suffering from some of the pains of eros or romantic love, whether it's simply lacking it or whether they've had it and it's been taken from them violently or they have wronged somebody in this particular way, we pray that they would see ultimately all human love falls short. And that as we see unfaithfulness in others and unfaithfulness even in ourselves, it can rightly point us to the true and faithful one, Jesus Christ, who fulfills all of his promises and who will be with us yesterday, today, and forever. Let our hearts adore you this morning. Help us to point others to you. Help us to show people who so celebrate and even worship and make idols out of human love that all loves come from you. And people will never truly know love until they come to know the love of God in Christ. We ask for your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, again, thank you so much for joining us on this Sunday, this Valentine's Day, and just a few announcements before we go. Uh, first of all, we have a community group meeting in San Juan Capistrano tomorrow night. That's going to be at the Harris House in San Juan. So if you're interested in getting in community, you can send us an email to information at imagechurchoc.com. That's information at imagechurchoc.com. Again, just a quick word on any of our in-person gatherings. Um, again, we know many people are just, they, they need that fellowship so much. They're healthy. They're not at risk. They're taking their, their basic precautions, all that, and they do want to get together. Friends, we, we care about you. We see you. We recognize you. We affirm you. We want you to be able to have fellowship. But we also want to say we have a, a number of people in our fellowship, both in our geographic area and online, where they've got, they're at risk. They've got multiple comor comorbidities. They have family 
family members or they're around family members that are sick or perhaps they're healthy, but they have family members that are at risk and so they're concerned. And we don't want you to feel bad or pressured or like you're less faithful or less of a Christian if you're not attending in person right now because you believe that's not the best and wisest thing to do. We want to recognize you as well. We want to affirm that and we want to uh, just we would want to urge you this word of caution, don't feel pushed into something that you don't feel right about. Again, that doesn't mean that we as a community shouldn't have conversations about these things. We shouldn't reason both from the scriptures and from what we can find in science and data and the, the stories of family members and friends that we know and coworkers. I think it's important that we as a church community, we work together on this, we talk I know as a pastor, it's been so hard because I can see how it's it's just easier if all the people that want to get together in person leave and go to a church where that's it's only people that want to get together and uh, they don't need protocols. And it's easier for people to say, well, we don't want to go to a church where, where there's, there's people that think it's okay to meet in person, so we'll go over here. And again, there's been so many dividing lines this last year, friends, and the Lord's really put on my heart that we want to see that Jesus is is so central, so important, and so all-compassing that we can have people that normally would not fit into the right place, they, they'd feel like, oh, I got to go here, I gotta, that they can find a place in our church community. I know that's hard, and many people don't want that. That's the truth of the matter. Many people just want to go where they fit in with people that are exactly like them. But again, I don't believe that testifies to the agape love of God. When we gather together only with people who look like us, act like us, think like us, everything across the board, that's not really a sign of the love of God. But when people are congregating together that, that don't seem to match, that, you know, that there's no earthly business in some cases as to why these two people groups would be getting together, friends, I think that's really what points to the agape love of God, that there must be a love that transcends ordinary human love, which is why these people would be gathering together in one church. So I just want to say, again, I recognize that, that we've had uh, people on, on both sides of things. I've, I've had people share with us, Pastor Mike, I think we should be getting together more in person than we're doing. I've had people share, Pastor Mike, I don't think it's wise for you guys to be having any uh, in-person groups whatsoever at all. And, and friends, we've been trying to listen, we've been trying to pray, and we've been trying to carefully walk this road that we believe God has called us to. So we would appreciate uh, your grace on this. It uh, doesn't mean we'll agree on every secondary point, but we hope we can agree on the basic precedent that we want to love the Lord our God with all our hearts. We believe in the, the unity of the church. We believe Paul said in Ephesians, strive for the unity of the church to keep uh, the church together. So we're trying to do that as best as we can. No doubt we and I have not done that perfectly, but I, I, I can sincerely say doing my absolute best to, to try to keep the family of God together and to make a place for everyone within reason. Obviously not false teaching and things like that. But if it's not that, we're trying to be able to keep people together as best we can. And we would appreciate uh, your prayers, myself, our board, our various uh, ministry leaders as they're involved as well. So we, we would appreciate your prayers. Um, so all that to say, again, we are having starting, we're trying to move as, as the vaccine's getting out more and uh, more people either have already had it and they've uh, they're developing the immunity to it and all, all this kind of stuff. It, it seems like more and more we should be able to meet together. So we're starting to do uh, our community group meetings. Um, we're going to try to begin increasing our in-person Sunday 
services uh, in the next few uh, months as well. And this is a perfect time to remind you to mark your calendars for two weeks from today. That's February 28th. We will have an in-person service at uh, in San Juan Capistrano on February 28th at 10.30 a.m. So mark your calendars. We'd uh, love to be having you join us for that. We'll have a special guest uh, worship leader uh, from a nearby church, and we're also going to have a special guest speaker, Pastor Aaron Hale from Calvary Chapel, Foothill Ranch, who will be sharing with us a special message on our ministry theme uh, for this year, which is so, sharing the seed of the gospel, offer our gifts for the growth of the kingdom, W, worship fervently and consistently. Uh, also want to invite you to our Wednesday night midweek Bible study. That's We're going through the book of 2 Corinthians. It's an amazing book. We're going to be in chapter 7 this week, so I encourage you to join us for that. Again, in addition to the community groups we're doing, uh, we have a women's study. we got a men's group, so if you're interested uh, in joining those things, again, most of these things are still online, but we are offering some in-person meetings as well. So if you want information on any of that, or you have Bible questions, or you have prayer requests, once again, you can send those all to our email information at imagechurchoc.com. Also, for those of you that would like to continue your worship of the Lord this morning through tithes and offerings, there are two ways that you can do that. The first way is you can go on to our website, which is imagechurchoc.com, and there's a giving tab up at the top, and you can click there, and you're able to give using either your debit or credit card. Also, the second way is you can mail in a, a check, a money order, cashier's check, whatever works best for you, to our church mailing address, which is 27762 Antonio Parkway, L is in Larry, 514, and that's Ladera Ranch, California, 92694. Again, all that information is on our website, imagechurchoc.com. All right, friends, thank you so much for joining with us today. If today's service was a blessing to you, it might bless someone else. Uh, like our posts, comment, interact with your brothers and sisters there. Let them know in the Lord you, you love them, praying for them, share uh, Bible verses. You can copy and paste the link. You can send that. So again, we just want to bless as many people as we can. Now may the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you, everyone, and look forward to joining with you again soon.